This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Peter Kessler is a golf historian, award-winning broadcaster. Always a pleasure to welcome Peter Kessler back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Peter? I'm, I'm quite well. Thank you for asking, and it's lovely to hear your voice, John. Thanks. It's good to hear you. Um, let me take you right to Sunday. We're going to the back nine. Sunday afternoon, major champions on the leaderboard. How do you think this thing was going to wrap up? Well, I had done uh, a few radio shows earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, how people want you to pick somebody. And you always say, well, look, five or six guys could win. And nobody knows it's going to happen. And, you know, anybody can make an eight at some point. Exactly, It's exactly when it ends up happening. But... I really liked when they teed off on the back nine what was going on because you had a nice, tightly bunched leaderboard. You had some names of guys who had proven that they could close. You had people like Bryson DeChambeau who has proven he can close on occasion using the strategy that failed him this past week. You can't just every hole hit it as hard as you can, as far as you want, and hope you have a good lie in the rough with a reasonable lie. You can't do that forever. Did it at Wingfoot, but at Wingfoot, you know, at Wingfoot, nobody could hold the fairways. That was the thing. So everybody was in the rough. So if everybody's in the rough and you're only 130 and the next guy's 170, guess who's going to win the golf tournament? That's how Bryson won at Wingfoot. There was none of that this week because the fairways weren't canted as much as they are at Wingfoot. And so he needed to have the ball in reasonable positions. And, of course, he didn't do that. But I had picked Rom earlier in the day only because I thought that he was starting to prove that he could play some really good golf and that he might not fold and you know this whole business about his temperament it's so hard to believe people just don't understand anything about human psychology or how the mind works I mean just like so crazy anyway I mean Tiger played his best golf mad he played his best golf mad Muhammad Ali knocked out more guys than he was mad than ever I mean so you know for some people it works brilliantly well and it's not a negative but you know, so then when we did hit the back nine, of course, Rom's the guy. And the back nine was the best nine golf-wise to watch as an experience because the marine layer was gone, the greens from the morning, so the front nine was a little softer. The back nine was firmer. The back nine's a little tougher. I played that course 50 times as a kid when it was actually a good golf course before. They said, Reese Jones, do you know anything about golf course design? And he said, no, I don't. And they said, oh, well, how would you like to redo Torrey Pine South? He said, that sounds like a great first project. That's the way I look at everything it is. And Pete dies pretty much, which is, have you ever done this before? No, but isn't this fun? <laughs> so I uh, thought going to the back nine, anything could happen. But my money was on Brooks and Rom. I'm asking the historian this question. Um, I think with the exception of Rory and Brooks, because they're still you know, in, in their primes, Every player with four majors is in the Hall of Fame. Is four majors still a good benchmark? Well, I think it's moving. I, I think you've asked a lovely question. I, uh, I, 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 I've been thinking about that a, a bit myself. And no, it's not. Not as a naked stat. You know, it was a naked stat when old Tom Morris won four Open Championships in seven years, you know. 
So, you know, so that was the purest form of majors means you're the dude. You know, and that really, you know, stay has stayed the case almost until really, in my view, right around 2010 or so, when if you take a look at the changing dimple patterns, which began in 1970, which is the first time really that they began to play with dimples almost since the beginning of the previous century. So really for 70 years, many ways the ball didn't change very much. But in the 70s, Nicholas noticed it. Some other players noticed it. The patterns were changing. In 82, there was a new ball put out by Tylus to 384. Nicholas said this ball goes too far and too straight. So that began the problem. And, of course, it was exacerbated by the larger-headed drivers and the fact that Phil Mickelson is 60 yards longer at 51 than he was at 29. There's like, it's like you don't even need any other stats. He's 60 yards longer at 51 than he was at 29. And so because the equipment has leveled the playing field and brought more marginal players into the mix or more good players who were getting the great moniker because they've won four majors, so the answer is no. Depends who you are, when you did it, how you did it. So I would say, you know, the guys with four majors currently, like Brooks and Rory and stuff, and then and, and Jordan Spieth with his majors, it's not good enough anymore. If you don't have 30 tour wins and five majors now, yeah, that's the standard. What used to be three majors, in my view, and 20 wins, that was the minimum standard, so I would have half the guys in the hall kicked out. But now I'm a 5-30 and 30 man. The 30 PGA Tour wins, not something Gary would play in Antarctica and be the only guy in the field. Legitimate stuff, 30-5. and five. So, yes, the standard has changed. We are uh, talking with Peter Kessler here on the Augusta Golf Show. You mentioned Phil. Um, you said to me once, and I think you've said to me more more than once, Phil's the greatest player of his generation. If it weren't for the greatest player of his generation, is you know this is the question that got asked after Kiowa is he a, is he a top ten player of all time? Well, you know, it's funny because nobody wants to really just say a flat out yes, including me. But you know, you look at the numbers, and now some of this I'm going to just be close, but. I'd say a number of tour victories with 45, he's right around eighth place. And then, you know, with his six majors, there's only about the same number of guys ahead of him there. So he's in a single, there's only a single digit number of guys ahead of him in majors, single digit number of guys ahead of him in PGA Tour wins. Those are two really important statistics, you know. There's no way of getting around that. And, goes back to your question, you know, what's a Hall of Fame number? Yeah, Phil, six majors, 45, that's a, that's a career. You know, the other stuff you and I were just talking about is, does, is it good enough? Is it good enough? If we even have to ask the question, it's probably not good enough. You know, it should be a, you know, that's a no-brainer. Jack has 18, okay, we'll let him in. But, you know, the, the four number, you know, has gotten, you know, more vague. But I just can't think we can deny that Phil is, one of the greatest players of all time. I don't know that I put him in my top ten. I don't this second, but I had thought he was the worst great player with five or more majors of anyone who ever played the game. 
Now it's six majors. I don't think he's the worst great player that ever played the game necessarily. Because all of a sudden you could throw other guys in there, the things that Arnie did that were crazy, and Sebi Ballesteros that were crazy throwing stuff away. So, you know, but you just feel like in Phil's case that it was born out of being a complete nut job, where in Arnold's place, you know, he saw a six-inch opening in a in a forest and tried to hit it through there and did to like two feet, and Sebi did the same thing. But Bill, I I don't trust him if I have him in a bet. But I thought if he got in contention this past weekend, he would win. I did believe that if he got into contention, that he would win. I had somebody said to me, would you take Usazen or Phil this week? And I said, Usazen's more likely to finish higher. Usazen's more likely to finish in the top ten. Phil's more likely to shoot 80. But if they both get into contention... And I like Phil over Louie. So, of course, my son switched from Louie to Phil and is not speaking to me anymore because he got two picks last week. <laughs> um, Brooks makes me ask this question. It comes to mind as you talked about Phil's accomplishments. What's, what's a bigger accomplishment, Peter, the six majors or the 45 wins? It's so close in my view, is to be indistinguishable, indistinguishable now because, remember, the win started 30 years ago. Yeah. He was in school when he won for the first time down in Arizona. He was in school with that crazy helmet on as the winner. So he's been really consistent. If you look over, you know, he's kind of like the stock market over 30 years. You know, you don't know what it's going to do over one year. Over five years, it's likely to go up. But in over every 10-year period in the history of the stock market, the stock market has gone up. Any 10-year period has gone up. So, you know, and then so that means it's certainly true for any number greater than that. So in Phil's case, here he is doing it for 30 years, keeps putting data points on the graph. And I just think there's no denying at this point that he has had quality and he has had quantity and he has had consistency, you know, and it's closer to a Nicholas kind of career, you know, where... You know, where Jack played for a long, you know, a long time, or an Arnold career where, you know, Arnold won when he came on tour in 55, and he was still relevant in 75 and continued to play after that. And But, you know, Phil's got one of the hardest things to do, which is a really long-term great record. It's very Gary Player-ish now. It's very Sam Snead-ish now. You know, he's really elevated himself into a new grouping here with this win. And the way that he closed that sixth major at PGA, one of the really great finishes. It reminded very much of what he won, what he won in 2013 at the Open Championship at Muirfield, the way he played you know, those last six holes, I think, in 400 par and had a couple of great up and downs. So, you know, you, you, there's so much to look at. There's so much to appreciate. And I don't think there's any way to denigrate it anymore other than he sure plays some bad golf sometimes for one of the greatest players who ever lived. I think that's where we are. He is Peter Kessler. Uh, Peter, I always appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. And then we will talk again. I look forward to it the next time. And I wish you a happy, healthy week to you and your family.